The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, Take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jewish authorities then said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jewish authorities then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the ever-faithful Holy Trinity, amen. Can you recall your first image of Jesus? Was it in a stained glass window in a church that you may have grown up in? Or perhaps in one of those colorful plates in a child's Bible? For me, growing up in a Methodist church, I remember three images that have stuck with me throughout my life, and all of them were painted by Warner Salmon. Uh, he lived all of his life in Chicago. He was a Scandinavian. But if you saw any one of his most famous paintings of Jesus, you would recognize it right away. I, was, uh, I sat many hours, as children have here, listening to a preacher preach things I could not understand, pastoral prayers that went on way too long, and I would stare at two pictures that were in the worship space. One of them was of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the other was Jesus standing at the door and knocking, standing at Hart's door. And in what we call the Undercroft was his most famous uh, painting of Jesus, the portrait of Jesus. In fact, that was so popular that some have estimated that perhaps 500 million copies have been made of that particular painting. As I think back on those images of Jesus, I realize that they were very inadequate. They were an image of a European. And that was the image I grew up with of who Jesus was, somebody like me. And now that's not all bad, I suppose. <laughs> Well, maybe it is. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, for me to think, you get it. <laughs> but the problem was that it was uh, really just two-dimensional, and it was pretty far from reality. I think that today's gospel uh, brings us closer to a very different understanding, one that's very important for us. The gospel lesson is one that perhaps all of us struggle with a bit. Jesus angry, Jesus uh, forcing people to leave the temple, 
They're animals as well. We don't think of Jesus as being that way. In my spiritual life, I think that over the years I've struggled with the two natures of Jesus. And I've been in kind of a dialogue with myself over the years because there's the human aspect of Jesus that that fascinates me. I'm very taken with. I've often thought if only I could have met him, if I could have had a better understanding of how he lived his life. What were the issues that he encountered? What was he struggling with? What was his family like? And then, of course, there's the other aspect, thinking of him as God incarnate as the Holy One, as the, the one who is anointed. Those two aspects of Jesus I've struggled with over the years, and I think inside of me is a real desire for Jesus to be set apart, to not be soiled in any way by this world, but in reality that was not who Jesus was. And I give thanks that John and the other Gospel writers have all included this particular episode in his life. So that we can see that he was truly a three-dimensional person who really cared about things deeply and might even respond violently. The gospel writers approach this particular episode differently. The three writers of the synoptic gospels have it occur during what we call Holy Week. But John has it at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. There are only about three or four things that happen before all of a sudden there we are at Passover in Jerusalem and Jesus is driving out the money changers. One can imagine the economic benefit that was possible as a result of Passover. The city of Jerusalem ordinarily had probably about 50,000 people who were a part of that population. And during Passover, if you can imagine, the population grew to nearly 200,000. So they had a wonderful opportunity, but also a huge problem of how to accommodate all of those people. And they came from all over the Roman Empire. They came from Persia, Egypt, from Syria, from Greece, and of course from Rome. And they also came having to change their money. Now, any of us who have traveled know about money changers and sometimes don't care much for money changers. That was the same problem that these travelers had, because when they came to the temple, they had to change their Roman coinage to temple coinage. And one can imagine that the difference between the two was probably pretty steep, and especially during Passover. They also had to purchase uh, animals that were unblemished in order to make offer them uh, as a part of their worship. And then, of course, there were those who were poor who needed to be able to purchase something to offer. So there were those who were there selling doves for them to offer. And Jesus comes in and sees all of this happening, and he's very upset. Now, one might think that perhaps he was upset because of the advantage taken of the people. And I think that that is certainly part of it. But what John seems to emphasize is that Jesus was particularly upset because this wonderful place of worship had been in, in, turned into a marketplace. And Jesus became very angry. But what might uh, be, we find in this event that makes a difference in our lives? And I think that one of the things that we can see in it that is that this, in a sense, was 
Jesus' first passion. And perhaps that's why John puts it at the beginning of his gospel. Jesus' first passion, I believe, was the kingdom of God. And when he came into this house of worship and saw that it had been transformed into a marketplace, he must have been very upset, realizing how far that was from the kingdom of God. It was not a place of justice and mercy. It was not a place where worship and practice seemed to be bound together. It was not a place where worship and life really coexisted in a way that glorified God. A kingdom grounded in a living faith. I think it's helpful for us also to think about something that has been said about the prophets by Gerhard von Rott. He's a biblical scholar and he says this about Jesus and the prophets. The prophets expressed not only the word of the Lord, but also the emotions of God. And Jesus was no exception. It's interesting to me that this is the only violent act that we see Jesus engaged in in any of the gospel accounts. But I think we need to take it very seriously because it occurs in all of the gospel accounts. So what might that mean to us, this Jesus, God incarnate, yet fully human, that he might do this, that he might get this angry? What does it say to us about our spiritual life, about our living a life of faith? This afternoon, we are going to host a very important forum. It's on homelessness and about uh, how it impacts the most vulnerable in our society, the children. And I think it's one example of how we and uh, people in this and surrounding communities are coming together in a sense to ask the question about what our responsibility is when it comes to righteousness, to mercy and to justice. Because I think that is what Jesus was concerned about with regard to what he engaged in the temple. It was the lack and the absence of the kingdom of God. And all of us, it seems to me, are invited to bring about the kingdom of God. And how we do that, there are so many ways that we could. At the forum this morning, we had a wonderful report uh, about the Monday lunch program, which goes on at the cathedral in Boston. And our congregation, along with three others and the cathedral, have been involved in that program for now nearly 30 years feeding uh, people coming off the street who need either companionship or just a hot meal. That's one way that I think we help bring about the kingdom of God. But I think we also need to ask ourselves, what other ways is God moving us to bring about the kingdom? We have some emerging ministries right now in, in our parish that may be an answer to that question. Our ministry with uh, Marinundo School in, in Rwanda is a very good example of that. But there are many, many others. And there are opportunities for individuals to be engaged in bringing about the kingdom of God. But I think that this passage also demands of us that we ask, why don't we get angry when we see systems of oppression in our state, in our nation, in our communities. Why don't we get angry like Jesus? And perhaps we're afraid to. Perhaps we're afraid of what our friends might think. Or we're afraid of what that might mean long term for us in some other way. 
But I think Jesus is calling us to look at the world we live in and to think about how we might make a difference. Because it seems to me that that is what living faith is about. As we continue on our Lenten journey, I think that this reminds us that there's more to observing a Holy Lent than becoming a more centered person, a more balanced person, or a more uh, solid person of spiritual strength. Jesus, in that moment that he was driving the people out of the, out of the temple, was anything but centered, anything but balanced. And I'm uncomfortable with that. But at the same time, I realize that that's an aspect of faith that I must consider. Where is Jesus calling me to be angry? Where is Jesus calling me to act, to make a difference in the world in which I live? May we continue to engage in a holy land in many, many different ways. May we give thanks for the many ministries that emanate from this place, that are truly making a difference in the lives of people, and in some cases even making a difference when it comes to some of these oppressive systems. And may God stir within us a desire to make a difference in the world when we see that injustice and a lack of mercy is present. Amen. Amen.